this is Charles McFall, the Rock God of Podcasting, here just to thank all of you for coming out for the Giant Size Team Up Band's first ever live show. You know, I'm going to introduce each of my, you know, bandmates here and the shows that they're associated with, but first, I'd like to introduce us as a band. We are Sky Eagles. Yeah, suck that Hallmark guy. Said I couldn't do it. I, Charles McFall, the Rock God of Podcasting, will be the lead singer, of course. Kurt from FTH Beyond, a far inferior singer, will be my backup singer. Travis Jones from the Blazing Defender Report is going to be on Cowbell, y'all. Paul's going to be hitting up the bass from breaking the panel, playing a white bass, as it should be. Playing the keyboard, the entire cast of botched a D&D podcast because they were too drunk and couldn't stop arguing with each other, so they're all just going to play it at the same fucking time. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Uh, because he doesn't know how to play anything else, uh, Pokemon Joe's going to be playing a pipe organ. Sure. Frank from Toy Power is going to be playing the didgeridoo. And lastly... And leastly, we've got Geek Versus. Tony, Betty, and Casey all playing a different drum, all playing a different song all together. Boom. We are Sky Eagles. You better strap yourselves in because we're going to rock your fucking socks off. All right. One, two, one, two, three, four. Sky Eagles! Sky Eagles! Fly I'm Charles Rock on Podcasting. You should watch your feet. Alright, that was our first song called Love Goo. Yeah, sure is pretty good. What? We need to go now? Alright, well, uh, if you want any of our other music, just head on over to www.giantsizeteamup.com. Thank you and good night! Phil, stop throwing bottles at us as we go off the stage! These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us? We're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. And welcome to Breaking the Panel 2019. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck that shit. I'm Rock Out Podcasting Charles McFall, the man who can take it all, Paul Klotz. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> and and the person we got instead of Dennis Robinson, because we just couldn't book him tonight, Philip Keating. Hi, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. It is 2019. It is our episode number 150. So we're going to do something slightly the same, which is ramble on about the shit we like. But this time, we're not going to do it with headlines. We're going to do what nobody else has done yet, a retrospective of 2018. Oh, man, what a hell of a year. Yeah, I want to start with something recent, but it was still 2018. Philip Keating, you got to meet one of your heroes on New Year's Eve. Oh, shit. So uh, my New Year's Eve was pretty fucking great. Um, me and Suzanne went to the They Might Be Giants Jonathan Colton concert for New Year's Eve down at the TLA. That was awesome, wasn't it? It was before it happened, which I'll get to in a second. It might be top three concerts I've ever been to. Nice. Uh, it was just it was a lot of fun. And uh, Suzanne... And the more important thing is Suzanne like was fucking outside of her mind the entire time because this is her favorite band, second favorite band. And she's wanted to see them live since she was 11. So like it was a really awesome night and they might be giants, man. They are old as fuck and they still rock out, man. It was great. And the cool thing about seeing the giants is they have such a huge discography that you don't really know what that set list is going to look like. Um, you know, you can assume that, you know, Birdhouse and Istanbul and uh, Dr. Worm and, you know, all those other hits. But in between those hits, you have no idea what they're going to play because they have 
fucking choices out the ass. Did they play, I, play, did they play Birdhouse of My Soul? Of course. Oh, I love that yeah, song. Everybody does. Um, but I really was excited because the opening act was Jonathan Colton, and I am a big Jonathan Colton fan. So uh, as we were getting ready to file out because uh, it was almost 1 o'clock in the morning, I see a gentleman with curly hair and a tuxedo walk by me and my wife walks right by him. And I was like, that's, that's fucking Jonathan Colton. That's the Joko. That's my Joko. He just walks by Suzanne. And she just keeps walking. I was like, Oh my God, fuck. All right. I have an option. I can get a selfie without my wife or I can scream like an asshole. So everybody around me looks at me. (laughs) So since I was drunk, I screamed like an asshole at my wife (laughs) and she turned around and I was like, uh, Jonathan Colton, and then I just see her eyes get anime <laughs> <laughs> to the point where you know I, I go up to Jonathan Colton. I'm like, hey man, this was a wonderful show. I came out to see you. I was really happy with everything you did. Um, do you mind? Like, can I get a can I get a picture with you? He was like, oh yeah, man, this is great. Uh, thanks. I said, oh, here's this is my wife Suzanne, and she was just like. <sighs> so when we took the picture, she. <laughs> She was mouth agape was real. She was actually speechless and uh, he couldn't be more nice. Um, I, it was great. It was a great night altogether. And uh, I was, I, I can't top it. I mean, it was just me, a great night. Tell me you snuck him or slipped him a bot sticker. I didn't come prepared for that because uh, you know, I had, uh, everything else was on my plate, getting into Philadelphia, getting alcohol, uh, getting food, dropping kids off. But we were walking, you know, we showed up to the doors about an hour before the doors open and the line was about four blocks deep. Wow. And we were like, oh, fuck. Now, is, uh, this those, is this ticketed seats or first come, first serve? Ha! Uh, it's it's supposed to be first come, first serve. Okay. And so the TLA is a general admission auditorium. Um, there are seats upstairs, but normally you got to get there pretty early because old heads will just run up there and take them right away. But so we're walking through this crowd and Suzanne's like, you really messed up without like bringing any stickers or buttons to hand out to I love Suzanne. your audience. You're walking by fucking nerds left and right. You shit the bed. And I said, you're not the head of my network. I shouldn't have to deal with this. <laughs> now she, she has my full blessing and support on that statement, sir. Fuck both of you. Um, but the thing was, we got into the TLA and all the seats upstairs and anywhere you could sit, they were charging extra money for. Oh, wow. Okay. So if you wanted to sit down, it was 60 bucks. Holy shit. How much was it to get in already? 40 bucks. So $100 if you want to sit on your ass. Yep. Wow. And yeah, you got a thing of shark, the sparkling champagne at midnight. That's it. You got a seat and some sparkling champagne for a hundred bucks. So uh, me and my wife haven't gone into the general admission areas in a very long time because God damn it. I just can't do it anymore. But we weren't, <laughs> we weren't going to pay an extra, you know, $120 for us to sit down. So we went to the bar got four beers each, drank them all, and then decided to go hang out with the youngins. Right. General emission. So there you go. It was good. Good times. And uh, if you, awesome. yeah, if you get the opportunity, man, just go out and see, they might be giants or Joko. Cause it was fun all around. And, and while they're amazing musicians, the geekery there is, is part to none. Oh, it's on unreal. Yeah. And the crowd was great. Everybody, you know, took care of each other. Um, there was no drama around us. 
you know, between sets, me and Suzanne were talking to the people behind us and everyone was getting super acquainted. So, nice. you know, it, it's rare that you have a, an event where everybody's just looking to have a good time and no one's in there trying to be a dick, especially yeah. on New Year's Eve. So, Paul, you had this this fine and wonderful idea of talking about 2018, our hits and misses, uh, the best and stuff. And wh- where do you want to go from here, sir? Well, I figured we would do a uh, retrospective <laughs> 2018 uh, talk about the hits and the misses. <laughs> let's start with uh, this. Make it- <laughs> uh, the way okay, you got to be on Patreon.com and see the video. He just the way he sold the bit, the way he just sat there and fuck it didn't even break. That and, and Philip was already covered his mouth laughing. And Paul just sold it, man. That shit was awesome. Uh, what was what was one of your favorite comic book moments of the year? Well, uh, for me, I um, you can I talk about voice now. It's fine. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Charles. You got me, Charles. Fucking stink bug. <laughs> uh, so I, I for me, it was uh setting up my first poll ever uh i talked about it earlier in the year uh but i set up a poll for oblivion song the new kirkman book and it is both a hit and a miss because on one hand i dig the setting and on another hand i don't like buying comic books month to month Mm. it's fucking bullshit um it kind of made me realize (laughs) that uh i think if you have a poll list you kind of you need to have a few books on your pull list so that you're going in a couple times a month to your local shop and you're grabbing a couple books at a time. And, you know, so you have something to really dig into because I'm just getting one book that's coming out once a month. And I'm like, uh, okay, I got 20 pages of exposition. Uh, okay, I'll check back next month. Uh, so my issue with Oblivion Song is like, I, I like the setup, but I'm waiting for something to fucking happen. You're still reading it? Are you not? No. You bailed? Oh, yeah. Why? Why'd you bail? Well, hold, well I'll, I'll let you finish, Kanye. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I don't know if I'm going to keep it up for much longer. I, I have to read the last couple issues because I haven't read them yet. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it's funny because I, I remember I ended up reading Walking Dead. I haven't read all of it. But after the show came out and, you know, the hype was at its height, I went back and I downloaded it. Yes, I pirated it. Fuck everybody. Um, Actually, I pirated it at a time when it was impossible to find it. Like all the early issues were sold out everywhere. um, And unless you were willing to pay exorbitant prices on eBay or something, you weren't going to get any. Uh, It was before they had a bunch of trade paperbacks out for, you know, big chunks of it. So I ended up reading uh, a pirated uh, file dump that had like the first hundred fucking issues or something. And so like when you're doing something like that, you can just kind of burn through a bunch of books and you don't feel, you know, that that slow pace of a serialized story when it's going month to month. You're just like, oh, uh, you know, I'm reading until I hit insane moment where I have to get up and walk around the room or I'm going to fucking lose my mind, which was what Walking Dead was like all the time. Because like every every issue or two, it was like another like, oh, I didn't know. Well, yeah, 
that's a new uh, low of humanity and what it's capable of because the book is just full of depravity. Um, an oblivion song is not that. And so I don't, I don't know. Um, I've got to read the last couple issues that I have to figure out if I want to keep my poll going or if I'm going to jettison like Phil has. How many so, books are there? I believe there's only 11 right now or 10, okay. something like that. I stopped buying them at six. Okay. Yeah. I'll show you. Ready? This year for comics for me, at least was the year of the bail. <laughs> I, uh, I, I said, this is going to be the year where I start reading comics and get serious about reading comics and everything that I started, I gave up on. So here's my, uh, my graveyard that I'm showing the patrons right now. Um, Doomsday clock got to book six oblivion song. Got to book six <laughs> farmhand two analog two or uh, there's four there. And uh, and realm, I started realm as well. I just I can't I can't I can't I'm not keeping up with them. I'm buy I'm buying these and not reading them. Yeah. And I still buy fucking paperback books and not read them, <laughs> and they just sit on my fucking shelves. So you know, I it looks around September. I just said I'm I'm done. I'm done. You know, I bought Doomsday up to six. I haven't read past four. Oblivion song I haven't read past three, but I was still picking them up every week. Yeah. So I just I said enough's enough, and uh, yeah. See, I, I've I've definitely read up through six, and the problem that I have so far is that nothing has happened. But I what I've read, uh, you know, uh, across Image, I found out this year that I am a fan of Image Comics, and that I I really enjoyed the stories that they're putting out and the leeway that they're giving some of these writers and, and artists to do really what they want. I, I love that. And I, I've been, everything that's come out of image this year, I've enjoyed. I just cannot commit to it financially or with my time anymore. Yeah. So I have not read a single comic book. <laughs> uh, you know, with previous years where I had that Marvel unlimited, I, I was doing well enough with it. Cause you know, it's portable, right? You keep it on your phone and you know, when you're like, I got five minutes and I'm bored, you flip it open, read a book started. Uh, this is years ago, started uh, panel by panel just to give me a reason to read, you know, get advice on, Hey, read this and we'll talk about it type of deal. Uh, once I let that go, man, I haven't hardly been to the library. I, I just, I find my time being consumed in other ways and even at the end of 2018 when dc universe came out i've got access to that and haven't looked at the comic books that are are there however slightly adjacent note i've watched more comic animation this year than ever before yeah i saw mm -hmm. batman uh the one about gaslight uh i saw the killing joke i saw uh, Son of Batman, Batman versus Robin. I've watched a lot of the animations this year, whereas I haven't done it in previous years. But yeah, I haven't. Uh, I cannot recall a single book that I've pulled up. And just even looking, just as you showed your your paper comics, I was like, mm, nah, I'm good. I need I need a book. But I like I like trade paperbacks. Yeah, love how those feels. I love trade paperbacks. And second to that is the digital versions uh, of anything. And I would throw these books away, but I just, I can't, I can't, I can't find it myself to throw them in the garbage. Well, when Oblivion Song gets optioned into a movie or a television show, you'll be able to sell those first six issues and 
make bank. But that's the thing I kept thinking. And I was just like, well, I can just keep buying these because someday they're going to pay off. No. But they, I, I know they won't. Like, I know. So, like, what? What what will what should I say that, you know, book one through five, book all six of them, just the first one. I don't know. That's the thing. You never can tell. Do you have a long box? Like, just tuck them away in in your long box. (laughs) I I don't. Actual comic fans realize that I'm saying a real thing. No, I know. No, I, I, you know, because then it's just another fucking box that I have stuck in this fucking closet behind me so where do you put them otherwise oh they just like they just sit like that where they can get destroyed you need to bag and board them and ah, yeah, bag your shit dude i have a bunch of shit back there bagged and bored but you know that's all my futurama comics just throw it away <laughs> no i can't throw away futurama not futurama you're literally destroying your books yeah, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but I can't physically throw them away, but just letting them disintegrate under these studio lamps. Is it the stories? Is it the time? What is it keeping you from reading them? Oh, man, it's it's really time. It really is. Because what? It's like Paul said, it's 23 pages. <laughs> like, I can read all six of those as I sit on the toilet. But right. I uh, I don't know. I just I don't have the will to do it. To live? No. Sometimes, but not right now. I'm good right now. Like the the ten minutes that it's gonna take me to read, you know, one book. Yes, ten minutes. I read slow. Okay, I could play, you know, five rounds in Smash mm. Brothers. <laughs> you know, you know what? That's the real thing right now, right? It's what's gonna take your attention: your phone, your Switch, your TV. Your your attention now is competed for more than ever before. And this year, for me personally surprisingly enough, I'm hitting back to my roots and gaming is taking up all of my time. And I haven't spent this much time playing video games in years, special console gaming. I haven't console gamed this hard in, in years and we'll get to that later, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was a big year for, for comic books on the whole. I mean, there were some big comic events that happened this year. Hail Hydra happened this year. Batman marrying Catwoman for a, a short issue or two happened this year. Well, that was damn it. That was bound to not work out, right? Yeah, I couldn't give a fuck less. Yeah, me yeah. no, not really. Um, every every time I'm like, hey, I want to read some DC books, I'm done. Like, ah, no, I don't want to read DC books. Um, though similarly, I feel like Marvel. So, friend of the show, um, Doctor Usell, he and his wife have a fairly deep pull list where they're they're grabbing you know, a couple books a week, pretty much every week. And so they'll talk about it. Like when, when I'm visiting or whatever, and they'll be like, Oh yeah. So this is going on in this book. And the, and they like, just told me like within the last couple of weeks that they dropped like two or three books recently coming out of Marvel. Cause they just, they don't like where the stories are going. Hmm. And yeah, that it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's crazy that we live in a time when comic books, uh, like comic characters are the biggest thing in entertainment. They're the biggest money in entertainment. And yet comic books themselves are probably going through one of its worst periods in recent memory. I think it's at least still, the big, the big books. Sorry, go ahead. It, well, as I was gonna say, I'm agreeing with you. And I think it goes to show its execution, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the character. It's not the writing. It's not the development because they're going gangbusters and other executions. It's, Oh, Hey, I want to read a Batman comic today. 
oh, okay, I only have 50 different fucking ones this week to pick from. Well, yeah, there's not as All written by different people, and, you know. Well, one of the events that actually is doing well, as far as I know, is Spider-Verse, which is, you know, it is the definition of, well, there's 15 different books in the Spider-Verse now, you know, because there's something for Gwen, there's something for, you know, Miles, there's something for Peter, there's 2099, you know, any number of... Civil War event where there's all these books, but it all plays into the main story? Yeah, pretty much. It's... That's 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 still a short-term thing versus... But it's been this the spider the spider verse has been having this stuff going on off and on for the last couple of years because they did all the stuff with the um shit what are they called the uh, the ones that hunt all the spider dudes and dudettes um, Orkin the Orkin man you fuck off <laughs> no they were they were in uh, Avengers Alliance right near the end there they did a couple events with them yeah they did I don't remember I, I did I, anyways the uh, the ones that hunt them for sport or whatever and uh so that was going on and then of course we had secret wars which led into everything coming together for a lot of this stuff and then you know everybody went back to their own books and their own continuities and that's where all the the different spider stories kind of split off and did their own things but that yeah they they've got an interconnected universe right now that's actually kind of interesting Uh, i mean honestly i want to say let's transition this a little bit to to film this was absolutely one of the best years of all time for comic films, both at the beginning of the year and also here at the close, because, you know, we, we kicked the year off with Black Panther, which was an insanely huge secrets or unexpected success, right? Sure. Fucking blew the doors off. Like, I, I mean, some of us who went and saw it the first weekend were like, oh, this movie was dope. I still, at the time, did not think that that movie was going to sell out, you know, theaters and be number one for consecutive weeks and was going to put a lot of the other MCU titles to shame box office wise. Right. And I certainly didn't expect it to carry the hype all the way up, essentially, until um, why can't Infinity I say? War? Infinity War, yeah. Uh, until Infinity War hit, you know what I mean. So, it, it, and we, it, that was such a like one-two punch. Like Black Panther hits, it's great. Infinity War comes out, and you're like, "Holy shit!" That was like, I, I don't know that Infinity War could have been any better. You know what I mean? Like, I was just rewatching that on Netflix here recently, and it's such a phenomenal movie. Uh, Infinity War is as is Black Panther, but yeah, I mean, it's. And if you if you want more on that, go back and listen to our our panel, our big uh, movie panel for that, because we dug into a lot of that stuff. But for real, like I I don't know that you could have accomplished everything that they accomplished in that film in any way that would be better at all. Um, and then you know, uh, shortly after that, we had Ant Man, which was merely adequate. Obviously, it didn't blow the doors off anything. It barely it barely caused a ripple of, on the swinging door. But um, <laughs> it was what it was, you know what I mean? But it was it was solid. It was a fun movie. It was a nice little palate cleanser after all the insanity of Black Panther and Infinity War. Um, you know, so that was good. And then you had the the summer and the fall where like not so much happened. And then fucking into the Spider-Verse just comes out of nowhere is the sleeper hit of the year possibly even more so than black panther like people were excited like i I, you know i was paying attention to the buzz when the trailer started to hit for spider-verse 
people were like, that looks really interesting. But I think the animation style and everything had people pausing. <laughs> what? <laughs> How they couldn't be more wrong once it finally came out. Right. Well, that's and w- once that first weekend hit, when that Thursday and Friday hit and people started seeing it and the feedback that we were getting, the reviews were like, no, 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 no. This is the definitive Spider-Man film. This is one of the best things that's ever been done. Uh, and then like to see <laughs> Charles's favorite website on the planet, Rotten Tomatoes, to see them certify it fresh with a 93 yeah. for an animated comic film, like an animated Marvel year comic film too. Yeah. And it just fucking absolutely was the most surprising thing to come out of the tail end of this year by far. It, I had people sending me messages that I haven't talked to in years. <laughs> who aren't comic book people and they were just like yo right and i was like yeah man so good it just it it blew my fucking face off um and now sony it looks like sony's like scrambling to get patents on this animation style so that other people can't copy it so we'll see where that comes from paul are the inheritors are the people yes yes the inheritors yeah uh and, and you know not not to be outdone Aquaman came out at the same time, and despite all of the DCEU's other stumbling and failings, was actually a fun flick. I wouldn't know. My family is there right now. Wow! I have a show to do tonight. My father-in-law paid, which means it's a free fucking... uh, The people who actually like to watch shit get my pain. Hey, man, I saw a lot of movies this year. I saw Black Panther, Infinity War, uh, The Incredibles, Into the Spider Verse. Charles, that's four. Uh, Deadpool. Did, Charles, Five. did you did you say free? Is my father-in-law paid for it? My uh, paid for what? It. No, Who no, is no. paying for your movies? Ah, I pay for those movies. Get it. They the movie great. past demon demands tribute. I thought you would have been dead by 2019. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I forgot to mention Deadpool. Um, obviously, Deadpool 2 was fucking wow. amazing. Um, and I saw Ready Player One in theaters today uh, this year. So. Yeah, Ready Player One was cool. There, It was actually a remarkably good year for cinema, yeah. for sci-fi, fandom, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not so many duds in the grand scheme of things. I mean, even the Transformers movie is good. Like, come on, uh, Charles, I know you love the Transformers movies, but like, even you have admitted before that you get why they're not super. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're not Oscar winning bullshit now. You're right. But Bumblebee is a totally legit fun movie that's kind of cute and endearing and entertaining. And it didn't take three and a half hours and have three films inside of one to get there. So yeah, it's been a crazy year for for fandom films. Um, I don't know what we're. Is there anything I'm missing here for you guys that really like? And don't you dare, don't you dare bring up that stupid fucking movie that I know you're about to mention, Phil. Go, no, go ahead, Phil. Say it. Hey, what are you, what are you talking about? No, no, go on. Go what on. do you mean? No, 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 no. That, that was technically last year. If you're talking about uh, the Last Jedi. No, 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 not that. No, I no, love no. that movie. No, yeah, we we all love that movie. Anybody who doesn't, um, no, no, I hated it. 
Huh? Well, all right. What yeah. do you mean? What movie do you want me to say? We had. I think you know. I I, I really for a loss. Are you talking about the Meg? No. <laughs> the Meg is a beautiful nature. How by do I, how do I mute him? <laughs> do you do you want to talk about the Predator? I haven't seen that yet. Do you no, want to talk like about Solo? Name. What 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 movie are you talking about, Paul? Uh, no, uh, Venom. You want to talk about Symbiotes? Oh god. Um, well, you know, actually, let's talk about Venom for a second. A movie that was fucking panned by critics, right? Like critics were like, "This is a steaming shit pile, and nobody should ever want to watch this." And then the fans went, "I oh, know, we like it." And the, yeah, exactly. And so, like, the fans were like, "I went to it, and I was like, not the best comic film ever, not the best spider." And it was fun. It was a fun monster. But it was fun. Yeah. Comic romp. Yeah. I, I laughed. I liked watching Tom Hardy chew scenery. And so did a bunch of other people because that movie made way more money than anybody expected it to. Like, I, if I understand correctly, it was breathing down the neck of Black Panther by the time it finally rotated out of theaters. Yeah, it made a lot of money. And it was an international success in addition to doing well here in the States, um, which is, you know, yeah, it's uh, it was a good year for Sony. Sony, we had a lot of comic films this year, and they all still did respectable numbers despite that. Yeah. Now, uh, Phil, I was getting at, uh, I'm sure you were going to mention a Wes Anderson film. Isle of Dogs came out this year, uh, which. Oh, that was horseshit. You're horseshit, and you're <laughs> a terrible person and a bad father. But no, it's not actually my pick of the year because even though I own that on Blu ray, you I haven't opened it. it yet. No, 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 but come on. I got it for Christmas, so, you know, I'm still in my window. My pick for uh, 2018 and my favorite movie that I saw was called Sorry to Bother You, which uh, is a film that I watched after we got off the show last week. I don't want to talk too much about it because it is one of the most insane movies I've ever seen. And uh, mentioning anything other than it's a movie about a telemarketer would be too much information to give you. Uh, from what Tony P. Henderson, friend of me, said was that it is it is streaming, so you can go out there and check it it's out. Netflix, I think. Uh, I don't know where it's at because I had the Blu-ray, I opened it, and I watched it. So uh, it was really good. And uh, I the Plex. <laughs> I uh, I didn't read too much into it because I heard that it, there was like twists and turns and insanity, and I didn't want to get too. Uh, too ahead of myself so i went in blind and i'm very happy i did because it fucked me up mentally and i'm still thinking about it nice today nay yes should i watch this film philip yeah i mean especially if you're on drugs <laughs> anybody that's on drugs and you haven't seen this <laughs> I can take more drugs and go watch it it's insane it, one of the taglines is uh um well, you know what? I'm not going to get too far into it. Just go find it. It was it was wonderful. You know, I'm reminded of uh, the fact that I went and saw a horror film in theaters this year. I never do that. I'm not a big horror film guy. Um, I enjoy them from time to time, but for the most part, I think you're about to steal my pick. Go ahead. Yeah, am I? I don't know. Well, I was just gonna. I was just gonna mention that I had my doors blown off by a film that had good word of mouth, had mixed word of mouth though. Um, what what is your pick, Charles? I don't want to steal your thunder. I, I was gonna say the surprise, the surprise hit for me this year. Uh, and I think it's gonna be the same film we're talking about. 
it, good word of mouth. But again, I don't watch scary films. Oh my I God, stop edging everybody. And it's, it's, uh, get or out. Don't sit. Get out surprised the shit out of me. I love that. Wasn't Get Out last year? It was 2017. Stop pandering to the audience. Well, you know what? Fuck you, Phil. I still love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Watching the. I think I watched it this year. Then I don't think I watched it in 2017. Watching the horror film about the struggle of black folk in America a year late does not make up for your latent <laughs> hatred. Your your years a slave, fucker. Your, your unrepentant fucking racism. No, I was gonna say Hereditary. Yep, Hereditary in the Quiet Place. And The Quiet Place as well. Uh, yeah, so I saw two two films. Now, I for me, the reason I went to see The Quiet Place, and I talked about this before, is because, you know, I live in central New York. Uh, I live outside Utica, New York. They filmed in Little Falls, which is literally 25, 30 minutes away from me. And, you know, it's this little town east on uh, the thruway here in New York. And it's a beautiful town. It, it's kind of decrepit now which means it's perfect for a post-apocalyptic movie. (laughs) But uh, it was, it was this whole thing because when, uh, when Jim Helpert was going around and uh, John Krasinski was scouting locations for the film, since he directed it, we heard that they were in town. We heard that they liked what they saw and they locked it in. So when the, after they got done filming and everything, I, you know, people, there was a little bit of word of mouth around here about it. And so when it finally came out, I was like, all right, I want to go see this. I want to see what they did with it. And I really enjoyed that film. Um, It's not perfect, but it's, uh, it was entertaining. It was good. It was suspenseful. And it was really cool to see like what's essentially my backyard on film. I say that, and Charles lives in Georgia, which is everything gets filmed in fucking Georgia now. Yeah, so. but before that, I mean, it was cool when there was a moment, like, oh, I know where that is. You know, now that everything's there, it just kind of blase well, fair. But- like, like, you you yeah. can watch Stranger Things and see pecan trees in, in rural Indiana, quote unquote. Yeah, it would <laughs> never grow there. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, no, that's the thing. Uh, my cousin Vinny, right? Before everything was filmed in Georgia, they filmed uh, in Morgan County where I was working EMS and all the stuff that was Alabama, all, all uh, 90% of the film was where I worked and ate and lived. And I was like, damn, I know where that is. I know where that is. So I know what you're talking about when it's in your backyard and that's unusual. It's absolutely something to go. Holy shit. That's awesome. Yeah. Unless it's your first time in Baltimore for work and you realize where you work is where all the wired was filmed. And then you're <laughs> like, Oh fuck, this is weird. uh yeah hereditary was a fucking trip man like talk about a super artistic approach to the genre a complete mind fuck that just builds up over time (laughs) and uh yeah and then it it just like the, the finish for anybody who's seen it you know what i'm talking about the finish is just like what the fuck is happening the last 10 15 minutes of that movie is like holy shit because it just gets crazy but yeah so that it, it a very unexpected year for film probably one of the best years on record i would say it, like in recent times did anybody go see uh Deadpool Christmas or Once Upon a Deadpool, whatever. No, nope. I keep forgetting to. I didn't either. It was only here for like one night, and my wife didn't notice it ahead of time. I didn't realize it was coming to the theater. I thought they were doing something for a new PG 13 DVD release, which I was going to buy, which I still will because I want the Fred Savage shit. I just want to see the extra stuff mm-hmm. they put on there. Um, but she she found it about a week after. She said, Oh, we missed it. it I was like, Yeah. 
But it, came, it, it turned out to be just one night here. I was like, well, that's well, that's kind of crazy. Right. Uh, I did go to a Fathom event for the first time ever this year. Oh, nice. Uh, we went to see The King and I, which is apparently one of my wife's favorite uh, plays. And that's- it was the London... The London, damn it, what's it called? It's a, I know it's the London Theater, but there's a name for it. I forget what it is. Uh, and it was, uh, oh, God, who played the king? He was so amazing. Um, we've seen him. Mel in- Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> I have to look it up. I have to look it up. But it's, 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 it's very different. It's very interesting. And, and I recommend if you find something you like and there's a Fathom event for it, go check it out. Other than I know uh, the Killing Joke was a Fathom event. That's different. That's just a, a movie. I mean, when they do the the plays and the orchestra stuff and it's worth going to. It's a lot of fun. What about, what about TV? It's been a, a Bonzeru year for TV. Also, I think I actually didn't watch much television this year. Not, not anything that would be worth talking about, you know, other than baking shows and, and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I got caught up on glow this year. Yeah. And uh, and th- that's about it. The only thing that was new that came out this year, uh, which, you know, is, I think is just a one off that really fucking twisted my brain was Wild Wild Country Never. about it's a documentary series about a sex cult that moves from India to a small town in Oregon. <laughs> and uh, all right. And, uh, you know. They're a sex cult. They certainly don't try to plot assassinations and bombings and bioterror. It's just, you know, a new aged love relationship kind of uh, movement. But it, it, it really happened. <laughs> and it uh, is fucking crazy. Uh, it's on Netflix. And uh, it's really one of my standout things that I watched on, on television this year. Nice. Yeah. Wasn't that was Altered Carbon 2018? No, it was last year, That's 2017. So God damn it. <laughs> Bringing it to you. Hot and fresh out of the oven. Charles McFall's review of 2017. I was talking about, you know, I did talk about Travelers a lot in those past couple of weeks. It came, it hit last uh, in December there. Um, man, we got, we got Daredevil season three this year. We, we got Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> we, we got Stranger <laughs> Things. We got Cancel Geddon this year for all the. Yeah, uh, yeah. we did. We did. You know, the, it, we've talked about that a little bit off and on. It, what's really shitty about it is it's business. It's not. These shows aren't getting canceled because they're not doing well. They're not getting canceled because, you know, they're not resonating with audiences they're literally just getting canceled because business because disney and netflix are going to be direct competitors very soon and yeah it's it's because it's funny one of the deal breakers uh my understanding is one of the big deal breakers was that netflix wanted to do exactly what we've talked about pretty much every time we've talked about one of these series and that they're a little bit bloated at their current count of like 12 13 episodes and that if they trimmed like three to four or maybe even another after that episodes out of each season and just tightened it up they would just be the most insane you know just wham bam thank you ma'am you know tight compact seasons ever and so they tried to approach disney with that and disney was like hell no and that's largely because disney got paid per episode yeah 
So they're like, yeah, we're, we're not going to get paid less so that you can <laughs> make, craft a better show with our characters, which is just... Ugh. So, yeah, that's kind of disappointing. Um, it's, For myself, though... Dude, it's tough with TV because, like, somebody will be like, you have to watch this. And I'll be like, okay. And I'll go watch it and I'll binge it because my life allows for that, where I could just binge something in a couple of days if I need to. And then I forget that it's been done. You know, like, I mean, it, it's in the it's in the memory banks. I've, I've watched it. I saw it. I was entertained by it. But it was more of, like, a shot than a pint. You know what I mean? Like, it was, oh, I did the shot. I didn't savor the pint. And, um it just it, and it's such a great time for tv um i remember some of the duds runaways yeah runaways was a big du- and it's back too the second season's back and i just can't bring myself to fire it up cuz i'm just like i don't know if i want to be bored for another 10 episodes or however many it is i never finished the first season oh man i hate that you told me that season 2 is out why did you <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been out for a couple of weeks now, I think. Oh, well, see ya. <laughs> uh, there was also Cloak and Dagger that I gave up, you know. Yeah, I forgot it existed. Yeah. I never even gave it a chance because I didn't hear anybody, like, beating down my door being like, you got to watch this. But also, remember, The Expanse was canceled this year. Oh, my God. Okay, and, so And miraculously saved. But, yeah, so, go, Paul. So I have been watching The Expanse, by the way. Uh, I've been watching it with Dr. Usell and my roommate, Sean, and holy shit, that show is insane. The Expanse is like, Altered Carbon was fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah. But The Expanse is like the best sci-fi show on TV. Altered Carbon was like the best sci-fi event of the year, I think. That's right. Yeah, because Blade Runner was late last year, right? It was right at the tail end. Yeah, yeah. Altered Carbon was the, the best, like, if you take it as a whole, even though it is a series, um, but the expanse is, if you are a fan of basically what, you know, your, your, your epic sci-fi stuff, your, your star Trek, your Babylon five, that kind of stuff, the expanse needs to be on your radar. Cause it is up there and it keeps you guessing. Like you just can't really anticipate where it's going story-wise unless you read the books. Then you can probably guess what were you going to say, Charles? Uh, no, I realized it was not 2018. <laughs> Stop it. So Charles, like, crawled into a sarcophagus for all of 2018? Not all of it, but apparently enough of it. There just wasn't enough. Uh, man, we mentioned uh, we got Daredevil Season 3. We got Iron Fist Season 2, which is all right. Luke Cage Season 2, which is... All three of those shows were canceled this year as well. Exactly. But- all three of them got canceled. Uh, waited an extra long time. We got a new Doctor this year, Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and... I just got caught up everything that's uh, through. Uh, we've been catching up through the holidays, my family and I, and we watched the New Year's Day special today and uh, loved it. Loved. I, I enjoyed all of it as a fun family experience. If I was watching it solo as a sci-fi geek, as I know Paul has done, I might have experienced it differently. Because uh, I know Paul, you were saying like every other show, every other episode is like a throwaway episode. Uh, but when it's the family and it's just something you can gather around and watch, it was just good. Well, for lack of better terms, just good, clean fun. Um, and yeah. so I took it for that and I enjoyed all of it. But that's not everybody's experienced the doctor that way this year. Well, it, it, the funny thing is, I have been experiencing the doctor that way this year oh, yeah? because we've been watching it with the U cells. And well, at least we did the first few of the season. 
but we would sit there and we were, we're watching it on BBC America. So, you know, commercial breaks. Yeah. And uh, in the commercials, we would just start these conversations like this episode's going nowhere, like uh, with a couple of them. You know, the, the Rosa Parks episode was insane. So good. So yes. fucking good. The only thing that sucked about that episode is the villain. Cause it was like, it was just the random racist dude from the future. Like what, the, what the fuck was that? Never mind. <laughs> Not the point. Uh, and then we got a dud episode. I'm sorry, but that, that one in the space hospital, the ship, the hospital ship was just like, it was a bunch of running around. It was disjointed dialogue. There was no fucking, there was no cohesive overarching like thing that, that connected everything and made it worth watching. But then we got the um, uh, Remembrance Day uh, episode where it dealt with India when India and Pakistan yeah. split and dealing with the fact that like, like an imaginary line literally get got, you know, drawn between people and people who knew each other were suddenly on different sides of an issue you know, families and neighbors that had grown up next to each other for generations. Suddenly, you know, there's this thing driving a wedge between them. Uh, that was a really great episode, really powerful. Um, told a, 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 One of the nice things about that episode is it gave, you know, perspective to an issue that not a lot of people in the West really understand. So, you know, and that's when I think Doctor Who is at its best, when it when it's casting its searchlight of humanity on history and well that's when it when in that particular sense when it, it leads you down a path of one thing to expect and then flips the script on you mm-hmm. you know that that's when it's at its best for sure uh then we got that the amazon of the universe <laughs> amazon prime of the universe episode which was eh, <laughs> um even i was like yeah but there was even an episode where they tied a bunch of things together like randomly oh there's that thing and that thing and then did nothing with it. So I didn't want an actual callback. It was just kind of a callback, you know. Uh, it, but overall, though, for all doctors in their first seasons, I think the first seasons are rough. I think this one was probably a better first season than Matt Smith's first season. To be honest, that's fair. Um, mm. So it, it was. It was. It was. I just love the Doctor Who stuff. So I'm. I'm. I'm happy that we got such a major shakeup in that series that it, it panned out okay well yeah it was it was it was high time to get it some new creative voices in there yeah, new writer new director new doctor new producers yeah. new everything and so i think the fact that it made it through the season and did well enough for bbc to, to keep going that that was because we didn't know I mean, when you have that big of a shakeup you never know what fell you got you, you had no your- no 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 i was just reaching to the sky no i haven't watched doctor who since capaldi came out on a tank with sunglasses and did a guitar that was song. weird that did you did you not like that? I haven't been happy with Doctor Who since uh, David Tennant left. So that's fair. I, uh, I it's nothing against the new Doctor. I really would like to see her. I think she'll probably do great as they learn how to write for her acting style and and, and yeah. whatnot. But you know, I can't read comic books. How am I going to find time to <laughs> watch Doctor Who? Well, your time's being taken up with games. What's your 2018 gaming year look like? That was just just a whole bunch of butt sex. (laughs) Phil keeps trying to do genital wars. He keeps trying to get me to fucking buy that game. It's genital jousting, you uncultured swine. It's genital warts, and it's fine. Uh, What did my year in gaming look like? Well, Uh, he's he's building a stack of things. It looked like this. 
A I whole bunch of shit. One, Holy shit. Two, three. I can, I can just count the evaporating. Yeah, it's about six to $700 worth of Switch games. Yeah, it was like I could just see the, the Benjamins evaporating in a so, thin I bought 10 different Switch games this year. And uh, that's not even can, talking about like uh, digital games on the indie shop that I picked up. And for the first time, like I said earlier in the episode, first time, long time that I am putting a lot of time into a console, a console that I bought on a whim, even though I was burned very tough from uh, from the Wii U. Mm-hmm. I was very, you know, I went out on launch night to pick this up and I've never felt a day of remorse buying it. So it's it's been wonderful, and and I have high hopes for 2019. But for 2018, the the indie game industry really held up Nintendo this year, and uh, you know there wasn't that many first party releases for the Nintendo that were you know big shakeups. You had your Pokemon Let's Go at the end of the year. You had Smash Brothers at the end of the year. Earlier on, it was you know very spotty and what really shined through were these incredible indie games that you know (laughs) really shouldn't have come together as nice as they did but they did so uh other than that i've just been playing borderlands with a bunch of uh a bunch of my coworkers. Coworkers. (laughs) uh i am very happy i'm happy to hear that phil because i know the Wii, I don't know commercially what kind of success it did, you know, critically, whatever, but I know that the Wii came out and it was weird, but again, it did what Nintendo does, which is is break the mold and try something different. And I know for me and my family, it rocked. We loved the Wii. We, we were able to play a lot together. And then the Wii U came out and it just, honestly, it's just kind of hot trash. And I have one and... It just collects dust. The kids play it every once in a while because it has that extra screen so it can play what they want. Yeah, I see it collecting dust up on your shelf. And I know, I but know you're representative. It, what? It's really just a prototype for, for what the Switch, Switch yeah. you know, is going to turn into. But continue. I mean, honestly, that's one of the smartest business moves. Hey, instead of beta testing this, why don't we just <laughs> sell it? Make people buy our shit and then we'll fix it later. Um, and I know okay, you're representative. Yeah, I know, Phil, you're representative of Nintendo fanboyism, which is you truly love when it's at its height. It's the fucking best in the world. And and when it's at its lowest, you keep them alive because you buy hoping that this will be the next best thing or to leap home. I don't know which, but you didn't get the Switch. And the fact that you have been so happy with it that you've, you've just got these stacks of games, man. Um that's good news. I'm glad well, to hear. Well, that's the thing. It's just oh. like, you know, unlike movies, I have opened all these and put at least five to <laughs> ten hours into each yeah. one of them. But, you know, with that said, I've had some fire under these balls this year from gaming. You know, I bought into my Sea of Thieves, you know. Oh, yeah. The boss and, as a crew did that, didn't you? Uh, well, just me, Dennis, and Tristan. But, okay. uh, you know, that's that's, that's only 70. No. That's three-fifths. Yeah. 60% of my show, but, um, you know, I, I, I really almost bought into fallout 76. I decided against that. Uh, because how, a bullet I hear on that. Well, you can dodge all the bullets because nobody will be shooting at you as you go through the wastelands. Cause that game's empty, but you know, I, I had that huge debacle. We talked about it on the show, how, you know, I couldn't get the game to load for sea of thieves when I was having, when I was in it and I was playing with the botch patrons and I was playing with Dennis. It was a lot of fun. Repetitive as fuck, 
but most video games are, but I was having a lot of fun. And then that, that fucking non-launching hammer dropped on my head. And I was just like, well, fuck. And then if, if listeners remember, I had computer troubles right about the same yeah. time. Yeah. And I had to stupidly rebuild my entire computer because the original motherboard that Amazon sent me was defective. And I didn't figure that out till I replaced every fucking piece uh, in my yeah. PC. So it's, you know, that's why I keep going back to Nintendo because, you know, 2017 for Nintendo was a great year. We had Smash, uh, we had uh, Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild come out, right? Two good launch titles. They were solid. I was happy. And I know, you know, okay, well, they have this momentum. I'm just going to keep going back to my Nintendo because I know I'm not going to get burned really if I if I do a little bit of research like I would for, you know, Sea of Thieves or or uh Fallout 76. Right, you Paul, how's your gaming year been? Well, it's it's been pretty good. Um Are we going to talk about Destiny for the next 2 hours cuz I'll uh <laughs> No, that was that was last year. <laughs> Oh, that was last year. Sorry. Fuck. I just, I just McFall- failed it up. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the big thing, uh, PlayStation 4 had a fucking incredible year, right? Yeah, so, most definitely. So many great titles, um, of which I've played some and finished none. <laughs> uh, the I, I got my Switch this year um, back uh, around Black Friday, and I have been also – like. Much like you were saying, Phil, I haven't devoted this much time to playing on a console in years, and I'm, I've definitely been enjoying the Switch. The big thing for me was the what the Switch represents, the the portability aspect, the transitional aspect of like, I can take this with me, I can throw it in my bag and take it with me when I go hang out with friends. If there's a lull and nothing's really going on, I can whip it out, play a little bit. Yeah, you can. Yeah, man. Put just, it back. You know, ask, that time. Yep. Just ask for their consent so you can do it in front of them scot free. Yeah. Feel no shame about it. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's the the that feature, like the the sleep feature and everything, is so awesome. It actually the sleep feature helps you with games that don't have good pause or save mechanics because you're like, fuck, I gotta go do this thing right now. I can't not play this. Oh wait, sleep. I can come back. I can literally pick this back up in like six hours. And that's why people were saying this is the best way to play Dark Souls because there's no pausing in Dark Souls, yeah. but you can always put your switch to sleep. Yeah. So uh, there's that aspect of it. The fact that I can walk in the door and slam it on the dock and like crawl in a bed and play like a roguelike or something a little bit before I go to sleep or I can watch YouTube on it, you know, if I want. Um, that's really the only thing. Like I would love to have access to Netflix and all this stuff. There's, the Switch has a long ways to go to be, to be the perfect console, but it is really fucking good. And the eShop has a lot of great indie support, as Phil was saying. Um, I've basically decided that for a lot of the indie games, the roguelikes, that type of stuff, if the Metroidvanias, if it's available on Switch, I'd rather get it on Switch than get it on my PC. Oh. Uh, well, it just, for, for the longevity of it and everything and the portability, um, there's a lot of times where I don't, don't want to sit at my computer anymore. You know what I mean? I want to go do something. I want to go someplace. Yeah, um, yeah. Ma- the other thing i you know the switch lets you like multitask like you can sit and play a big time big boy triple a game 
while watching TV or a movie that you don't that you're not like glued to. You know what I mean? Which I think is a great thing. Uh, PlayStation will do that too, right? But it'll be different. Like PlayStation is like in the corner or a third of the screen. You can watch a show, and then- I, that is never going to happen. No, I, I, yeah, I'm never going to do that. I don't do that either. But I, so. but no, like it's like if I'm just farming in a game like Starlink or something, I can literally just go sit in the chair and throw on a TV show that I'm binging. Because you're using and, it as a portable device to do your stuff. Right, because it's flexible in that regard. And it's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's the Switch really came into its own this year, I think. Uh, it, it proved that it wasn't just flash in the pan last year, and uh, it's got some legs. The big thing that I, like, I'd like to see Nintendo get smart on some things, uh, I'd like to see them... Like, I think now that it's been out for two years, it's time for them to roll out a Greatest Hits collection. Like, Breath of the Wild should not be $60. Still. It's you not going to happen. You don't think they're going to do a Greatest Hits yet? Not. Nope. Not yet. I don't think we'll see that for another two to three years. That's insane. That's the end of the life cycle of the system. No, it isn't. Nintendo, man, they they really keep their stuff high, though. That's Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's got to it's gotta happen. Breath of the Wild should not still be a $60 game. Do you uh, know why it will be? Why? Because people are picking up switches every goddamn day, and they're still making bank off that sixty dollars Breath of the Wild. My friend literally got one b- by surprise on Christmas. He had mm-hmm. no idea it was coming. The first thing he did was went out, bought Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey, and they're both still sixty dollars games because you have people picking up new consoles yeah. already. And I and used use is like five dollars off. You know, yeah, no, I get those titles used still because the the, there's such a high demand for both of those. That's why I really don't think it's for another two to three years. I it's probably somewhere in between the both of us. There's no way it's not for another two to three years. Mm. That would be five years after it came out. Yeah, I know that's not gonna happen. I I don't, I don't know, man. Um, I don't pay attention to the market cycle. I I do know from a consumer ignorant standpoint. I'm a Mario Kart guy all the way, especially in the family. And anytime we got a new Nintendo anything, we'd go find the Mario Kart. And like I said, it'll be Mario Kart will be five years old. But I mean, by the way, they just ported it for the Switch. They added a few little things, but it's not a new. It's Mario Kart 8 Switch. Deluxe. Yeah, Deluxe. Yeah, it's got yeah. all the... And it's 60 fucking dollars. And it's been... They have, they have discounted it, though. Have they? Because a lot of times they won't. A lot of times, if I go get Mario Kart, it's it stays in the fifty to sixty range. It was uh, at one point. It was down to like forty something in one of the sales during the holidays, and it also got bundled with the Switch for a. Basically, you got it for free with the Switch for one of the Black Friday bundles. But you're not wrong. I mean, technically, Charles, that is a Wii U game that they just ported over, and and they've yeah. been doing that. You know, and next week when this episode comes out. The Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, which was a Wii U game, comes out. I can't fucking wait. I really yeah, can't. I love that game on, on the Wii U. But, I mean, even Breath of the Wild dropped on both systems, you know? So, I don't uh, know. Uh, my gaming this year has grown on the PC uh, greatly because of you fucks and uh, <laughs> your addictions. Um, but actually, in, in Phil's honor... I have literally bought his favorite game and haven't opened it yet. It's a digital thing. And I still haven't opened it yet. Uh, no. What game is that? <laughs> the Last of Us, fucks, dude. Oh, that's Dennis's favorite game. Whatever. That's, that's, how dare you get me and him mixed up? Y'all are the same. Shame on you. Shame uh, on you, Kurt. Shame on you. <laughs> Kurt. Yeah. 
I haven't actually even technically opened it. It's just downloaded on my PlayStation and, and ready to go. But I, I it was January of 18. I'm pretty sure I bought Titanfall 2. And that was the the first step into this year of, yeah, I'm about to tell the guys no at some point. Because while these games are great, I don't have the time and the money. But but Paul has the, the, the sales, man. Paul threw it. He's like, $10. <laughs> buy Titanfall 2. We'll, we'll play it. Oh, and no. We did. It was a blast. Oh, then, welcome to the steam hell. Yeah, last year, or about halfway through the year, we started doing game nights. So we did the Jackbox stuff. We got, we all have Rocket League on all kind of devices. Um, and then now I've got Left for Dead two, got Borderlands two, and the pre sequel. Uh, there's some other game on there. I forget. And then on the PlayStation this holiday season, all the sales that you guys recommended, I picked up. Uh, like I said, The Last of Us. Um, Spider-Man, of course, I paid full price for it, and that has been phenomenal. It has gotten back to you. It went from it starts off really fucking bullshit hard. It gets really great and phenomenal. Now it's back to bullshit hard at the end of the game. I'm at like 90% left. I'm like, God damn it. I can't take a shit in peace without getting shot at by somebody right now. Um, but uh, Spider-Man was my big AAA game this year that I picked up for full price. But everything else has been these these sales. And it's been been great. And I got to try that Mutant Year Zero, which I'm still playing. Uh, total for me, total new new game because again, it's that XCOM feel with with updated graphics and, and smoothness and learning. I love learning how to do something differently in a game, and that's what that's doing. And uh, but Borderlands, man, that that I have a huge passion for owning on every system I've ever bought, uh, and. The fact that I get to get together every Sunday night and play with people I love playing with, and it's just getting better every Sunday night. It's I never I've alluded to this before on shows. I don't play well with others when it comes to games. I have a very distinct style of play, and 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 it never seems to sync up with people. It's either too fast for some people or it's too slow for some people. I definitely won't go jumping around like these tards do in these games. I don't get it. You fucking millennials and you're jumping bullshit. But I don't play with others. And so having the game that I love and finding people who also love it, understanding there's a different style of gameplay when you play with other people, it's been a whole different world for me in 2018 playing with other people in the last couple of Don't you dare close your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Charles, uh, you, everybody has a role, you know, Um, Dennis, runs ahead to alert everyone that danger is coming and Charles tanks the floor. So, uh, this is, but I revive you fucks who run in and jump in and, and get in there. Well, everybody's yeah, you should, a, you shouldn't do uh, that. Everyone's a day or a second late when it comes to reviving Paul, but, wow. uh, this is actually my first playthrough with people on borderlands. I've always just soloed this experience. So it's been a lot of fun, but gaming this year, you know, just to hark back on, on like a full, look back you know we got we, we got a new god of war this year we got a new red dead redemption i've heard so many good things about that uh, you know i i'm not a fan of it but assassin's uh, creed odyssey is apparently wonderful that looks great and you know a, a a reskin of a game of call of duty seems to be resonating through through the community you know and and for once people are actually happy with with whatever activision or whoever owns that now is doing with it but i'll like to say personally uh, my pick uh, my favorite game that i've played this year even though i've only put a fucking sliver of time into was octopath traveler so i'm not really a jrpg kind of dude 
And when I say a slither of time, I, I've put maybe 10 hours into this game. I should have I, bought that instead of Pokemon. And I got nowhere in it. <laughs> you know, the, the fact that I can put 10 hours into a game and feel like I got nowhere yeah. is incredible, but still, still enjoy, in the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Enjoyed the 10 hours that I've put into it. Now, look, Celeste came out this year. Everyone says Celeste is, is the best game of 2018. Um, I just pre-ordered my physical copy, and I hopefully we'll get it February or March. So I don't, I can't talk on it, but I'm very excited to play it. What about you, Paul? Do you have a pick of your favorite game of 2018? Ooh. Okay, my favorite concept, Starlink. Once I finally got it in my hands and and started fucking around with the toys and everything, it scratched a lot of itches for me. I enjoyed the game. I did the game. The game itself could have used some more a bit more you know what i mean like a little more meat on the bone but it's still a good game regardless okay um hopefully ubisoft continues to support it despite the toys getting heavily discounted because they weren't selling very well um my hope is that because they did the deep discounts for the holidays that a lot of people got it as gifts or picked it up with holiday money or something like that and have been playing it and so as long i feel like as long as there's a lot of users a lot of players who are logging in and playing the game then that demonstrates demand for future content even if it's strictly digital which is fine you know what i mean so um, but yeah, the, the concept, the execution, it's just, it's a damn shame that they, they fucking killed what Toys to Life could be two years too late. Yep. <laughs> um, so that's one of the big standouts for me. Um, I'm trying to think of that. Like Spider-Man was, was awesome. As a big Spider-Man fan, it was awesome to finally see a game that scratches all the right itches. Uh, does justice to the the character and the world the the breadth of selections for the suits alone like they really brought in just about every suit you could possibly ask for um and i have no qualms about web slinging around the city as scarlet spider from the 90s (laughs) it works for me um yeah so yeah it's it's been a crazy year um I will say I'm going to give I'm going to counter what you asked. I basically answered it, but I'm going to say the big letdown for me this year has been companies that I traditionally had a lot of faith in. So Bethesda dropped the ball in a big way this year. Uh, Blizzard is a mess right now. Um, Yeah. Valve with Artifact is just like, what the hell are you guys doing? It's been a really interesting year for AAA developers and what they are or are not capable of. Um, I think it's really telling that I played World of Warcraft for two months before the expansion came out and found something to do all the time and was really enjoying it, even if I was just working the auction house for a few hours a day and then occasionally doing some current content with friends when they were on. The moment the expansion came out, all desire to keep playing just like fled the room. Hmm. Yep. It, it's and it was so funny because we recorded a uh, a Patreon episode about it, yeah. you know, with with Austin and w- the three of us were oh man, we were gushing about this game. We we're like, oh, it's so beautiful and the quest is so cool and uh, and then Phil and I stopped playing within the week. Um, and Austin was like a month behind, but he doesn't. Yeah, you know, he rather fuck around in the West Virginia hills of Fallout seventy six sure. with himself. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that's the thing is like the, the, the Titans of this industry are kind of fucking up real bad. And those who fucked up last year, you know, the, the one of the biggest headlines of last year was what EA did towards the end of the year, in particular with Battlefront 2. You know, they, they, they really fucked up the monetization. They got super greedy and basically the community took them the task for it. And, you know, that game undersold tremendously to expectations was a big big punch in the face for them but they pivoted this year has been a lot better for them you know they they really recovered a lot of faith from at least you know some people um in in reversing a lot of that the trajectory that they were on you know every title that comes out for them is not going to be all microtransactions all the time anymore they've acknowledged that they're like we we, we hear you and so hopefully you know, Bethesda and Blizzard and every other developer that starts with a B, um, Bungie, <laughs> they can all get their shit together and um, start producing some games or content that people care about again. It's uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens. I the, the big one for me right now, and I've been talking to Phil about this a little bit off and on, I really feel like Blizzard is in a very precarious spot right now. Because They're not good virtually every title they have has huge issues and they're, they're losing people. You know? Well, yeah. And, and I've always been the, the, the fucking knight in shining armor that would come to, to battle for blizzard. But even recently with uh, what's happening to heroes of the storm, yeah. it's, it's hard to, to say, well, f- yeah, this is the reason why. Well, uh, d- did you see the most recent news? Maybe. They fired the CFO. <laughs> yeah, they fired the CFO. And it was, they fired him because it was involuntary. He didn't just resign. Hmm. No, I didn't hear this. Yeah, that happened in like the last week here or so. So there's, yeah, there's, there's some serious shit going on with Blizzard. And the speculation is, so, so Blizzard is actually Activision Blizzard. Correct. And they merged about a decade ago. But what was going on there for the most part was Activision was content to let Blizzard do Blizzard's thing for years because they were one of the best companies in the business. They were minting money. You know what I mean? Like when, when WoW was at its height, the, the concurrent subscription numbers were incredible. Every time a new expansion came out, they blew the doors off with sales and they made a fucking mint worth of money. And but when Hearthstone came out, they started literally printing cash like, you know, the amount of money that some of the Blizzard titles have made is astounding. But that is all starting to fall off. And now Activision is talking about cost saving measures like they started the year off telling pretty much every team like, hey, we're going to start looking for ways to cut costs. Um the content itself is starting to lag and suffer in most of their titles. Like the only one that, that there isn't, there hasn't been a big like brouhaha with is overwatch. And I think that's just waiting to happen because they haven't been pushing any real boundaries in overwatch. Like they've been, they coasted this year for the most part. Yep. And I feel like that's going to catch up to them. Like they're going to lose ground here. If you know, well, we talked about it a little bit in pre-show that there's a chance that they're going free to play next year. You know, that's what some of the game analysts are, are hinting at and seeing a yeah. trend towards. Because this absolutely has been the year Fortnite, man. They have cleaned up. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, none of us play Fortnite, but you, yeah. you can't not acknowledge the impact that Fortnite had this year. 
I played it for a good 15 minutes. I tried I playing it on Switch and I didn't same. like the controls. Yep, so, yeah. <laughs> I played it on PlayStation 4. Um, it's just not my game, the way it reacts or, or mm-hmm. doesn't react. But my son eats it up. Yep. I mean, he, yeah. he spent his entire break playing the shit out of it. So game. I know I talked about this before, but the the story of Fortnite for me personally is so fucking infuriating because I bought in to save the world, which was the first Fortnite game, which was a cooperative PVE game, you know, players versus environment against mobs. And, you know, you could have up to four people and you would do basically everything you do in battle Royale, except you had a mission, you had objectives and that was the core game, but it had a really shitty monetization structure and basically all progression beta they just let you buy well that's yeah it was quote unquote in beta all the progression was locked behind loot boxes that the loot llamas i should say and you either had to buy them or you just had to grind to get them so then they they pivot off of the popularity of PUBG and they do battle royale and within like a month they're now the biggest game literally the biggest game yeah. and they've been like that for the whole year and i mean i've seen reports of several billion dollars in profit like i think it was like two billion dollars in profit this year Sounds one company right. which is fucking insane um it's frustrating because they basically have abandoned save the world yeah so that was the thing uh uh you mentioned that and oakland got money for his birthday which is in the spring last year and he was looking at how to spend it in the game and I, I showed him how to do basic very simple very surface economics of a game and what gets you the most bang for your dollar and he had to choose between buying v bucks essentially get the season pass and have some money left over or buying into save the world and he chose to do rightfully thankfully in hindsight to do the v bucks and stay in the the battle royale spot because mm-hmm. it kept saying and that's the thing i told him like, well, it kept saying you know say the world will be free soon it'll be free in, in late 2018 and no dates or anything right but it'll it will be free so hold your money it still has not launched for free and we are now officially in 2019 and save the world is still kind of on the back burner for them you know yeah i mean that's it's it's in maintenance mode like it's it's it releases stuff but the people who play Save the World are super frustrated. And they bring it up all the time. They're like, you're, you're pumping out skins for Battle Royale every yeah. couple weeks. Like, you're pumping out tons of content for Battle Royale. And almost none of it is trickling back into Save the World. Not even as, like, because you, you can get characters... Like you get cards for characters and you, you know, you can play as some of them. You, some of them uh, provide stat bonuses to you and stuff. And they're like, you're not even like bringing these skins over and launching them as playable characters and save the world. We would try to, you know, we would buy them. Like we would buy boxes to try to get them. Like that would be exciting. They're just not, they're not doing virtually anything with it. Um, and it, it's, so the reason why I find it frustrating is because I'm not mad that they're finding success. I'm mad that they really, really badly bungled Save the World and they got about as lucky as you could possibly get. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and now they, they are printing money. Like they are they are printing more money than some nations GDP is. You know what I mean? Like I mean Oh man. 
Dude, I know it's weird to I think mean, about they it. Like put up, they could put up two fifths of a wall right now with their product. Oh my like, god! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that that I mean, Fortnite is going to be one of those stories. Like people are going to try to replicate their success, but it's I don't think I I just I don't think it's something you can plan for. They were in the perfect position to pivot when they did. They saw the trend, the emerging trend. They saw the popularity that it was in the focus it was getting, and they hit the sweet spot of being they they made it free to play the graphics were somewhat cartoony which meant that it appealed to the younger audience but it also like parents don't care so much if you're murdering people when it's cartoony graphic yeah, yeah. let's be real as opposed to a you know csgo or a black ops or a call of duty or not call of duty um battlefield you know, where it's hyper-realistic, it, that feels different. Like, you don't necessarily want your eight-year-old gunning people down and cackling like a madman. Yeah. But if he's doing it in a cartoon game where everything is super over-the-top fake, then you feel like, oh, he's never going to murder people. He is. He's definitely going to murder people. But, yeah, no, Fortnite has been the craziest story of the year for sure. Uh, it's just funny because we are all way too old to play it. You know yeah, you're not wrong. No, nope. I mean it, it's the, the the audience for that game definitely skews young, and yeah, it's I, I, there's definitely I, one of the coolest aspects of that game is the building, the building on the fly. Like when I watch good players, you know, stream, and you watch them fight people, like especially when it comes down to the end, when it's just like your team versus one other team, and they're building on the fly and they're ducking yeah. behind stuff, they're using every possible advantage. It's really cool to watch, but I have no interest in doing it. Exactly. Nope. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a thing. It's very much a Twitch game as well. I don't mean the service. I mean, mm -hmm. that whole, uh, that instant reaction, instant change. It's remembering all the buttons. Yes. It reminds me of the first Mortal Kombat that way before you could learn the, the first couple Mortal Kombat. You, you didn't memorize all the different combos. It was just fucking match that button as fast as you can. I remember this one combo. And yeah, it, it whew, dude, it gives it no, no thanks. And then nothing matters in the goddamn game. Nothing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, all the skins are just skins. All the guns are just, it's literally every round is this more of the same of you start with nothing, go forth and conquer, you know? Yeah. Uh, and for and then, me, that's a, a, you know, pass. But for my son, that's a shut up and take my money moment for him well yeah. yeah but also you know the games aren't lasting more than well if you're bad then <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and if All you're that. good what 15 20 up to 30 minutes but yeah okay, right. but yeah but you look at these uh you know these grandpa uh you know mobas that take like an hour oh yeah to, yeah. to play yeah. you know who's got time for that anymore the, the main reason I, I had to give up playing league of legends is because every game was at least 20 minutes even if you had already lost and as high as an hour yep. you know it's like and there, there's nothing less fun than being trapped in a game because you can't just leave because if you leave you know you, you'll get punished. afk punished you know so it'll affect you in the long run and so you have to sit there and play a game that is already lost that you don't want to play anymore with people yeah. that you you want to just die and you know what i mean like it's 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 you get trapped and it sucks. And uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I found myself like in general this year, I have, I used to spend a lot of time playing multiplayer games. Didn't really have a problem with the fact that, you know, each game was a new game and I wasn't really working towards anything per se. 
but this year I kind of had a complete attitude shift in that regard. And it's like, I don't, I'm good. I don't think I really need to play all that stuff anymore. I think I'd rather focus on games that have good story uh, games. Uh, like I'm, uh, I've been, Oh man, forgot to mention, I've been playing Subnautica. Oh yeah. I had shit in your pants. Cause the whole underwater thing. Oh dude, it's scary as fuck. But it's, the funny thing is, okay. So if you, if you happen to grab Subnautica, but you haven't played it yet, cause it was free on the Epic store for like a week. Um, that game plays on your fears, but the reality is, and this is a tip, a little pro tip, it is genuinely difficult for you to die. Like, it doesn't seem like it. Like, you you, you think that everything could completely fuck you up, right? And it can if you let it. You know what I mean? Sure. But if you actively, like, like so, like, the big scary thing is Reaper Leviathans. Everybody's scared of them. Uh, there's one that's near the crash ship when you first uh, start the game, and people have nicknamed it Sammy, the safety reaper, because <laughs> he, he likes to check and make sure your seatbelt is strapped in. <laughs> Because uh, he will fuck you up. He'll come grab you. He'll come grab your sea moth, which is a little sub, or he'll come grab you. He'll scare the shit out of you. But what you learn as you play the game is that everything that can hurt you has like tells noises and stuff like that. Like you'll hear them screeching or roaring or whatever. Uh, the aggro radius is actually pretty small for most of them. You basically have to end up essentially on top of them unless you're in a noisy sub. And if you keep moving most of the time, they have a real hard time fucking with you. Um, even the Reapers, like the, the, the biggest, nastiest stuff in the game uh, is not so good at like actively hunting you and chasing you down if you're actively moving. So my little story, I told this story on Toy Power and I'll try to keep it brief here because I know we're running a bit long. I, uh, I went to go back to an island that I had gone to that I left stuff at. Like, there was more stuff to get there. And I started to head off in this direction. And lo and behold, I actually was going in the wrong direction because I got turned around and didn't really understand the map yet. So I'm booking it along, and I'm going, and I'm like, damn, I've been kind of going for a while, and I haven't bumped into this island Oh boy! I started. I started to get a little bit nervous, right? And I'm I'm in my sea moth, and I'm put 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 put, and uh, all of a sudden the onboard computer goes, "You have entered in a region that is devoid of organic life." And I was like, "Did this computer just tell me in a really like nice formal way that I entered a dead zone?" <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck! I think I went the wrong direction." So I turn around, and that's when I hear something. I hear something I've never heard before. It's a terrible noise. I love you. And all of a sudden, I get rocked hard in the sub. Like, I mean, the, the sub gets moved in the water, and I turn, and there's this enormous bioluminescent fucking serpentine creature cresting out of the water and diving back in next to me. And I realized that it thumped me. Like, it went to attack me, and I think because I was moving, its trajectory got shifted off, and it couldn't actually hit me directly with its face. And so it just thumped me to the side. <laughs> and I nearly shit myself. Like, I was genuinely startled and afraid for my real life. And so then I'm like, because it makes the sub makes this little beep, 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 beep noise while you're trucking along. And I'm like, beep, 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 beep. and I'm like, don't look back. Don't look back. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, come to find out, I looked it up later, uh, it was the edge of the map, like the edge of the playable area. And so what it does is if you hit the edge of the playable area, it's a huge dead area that has like nothing in it except for a handful of these ghost leviathans, which are fucking exactly what hit me. It spawns one like as soon as you hit that area, and then it spawns another one 30 seconds later, and it spawns Holy another one. Holy shit. So basically the idea is they're like, get the fuck get out, out of here. here. Yeah. yeah, get, get, go back, go back. Um, but it was, it was scary as fuck. But yeah, dude, uh, that game is so fucking beautiful. It is so fun. I I am genuinely real life. I'm phobic of deep dark water. It creeps me out. It, it gives me crazy anxiety. So it seems insane that I would play this game, but I love the genre. I love survival crafting games. And I do, I, I have a genuine passion for uh, like sea life and, and aquatic life. Like I've always, since I was a little kid, I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was a kid until I realized that I'm terrified of this, the same thing that I loved. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just like, like I remember growing up, I loved sharks and all that shit. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, it's so cool. And I still to this day, like I'll watch, I'll watch the fucking, uh, the Noah um, submersible that's going around, you know, the calderas and stuff in the Pacific and looking for like coral life and stuff. I watch that for hours while I'm doing other stuff. It's a beautiful game in that regard. Uh, it's got good mechanics. Like the, the survival aspect is compelling. Um, I like the fact that it has multiple game modes in particular. Uh, it has the regular survival mode and then it has a, a, a survival mode that is called something different where basically it's, everything is the same except you do not have to, eat or drink so you don't have to worry about your food or water which eliminates a lot of like because it takes a long time for you to get to a point where you don't have to worry about that stuff anymore like you've established infrastructure that makes that not be tedious um i if i were to play through again i might play that mode just to not have to worry about that stuff um but yeah no it's it's a it's a gorgeous game the other thing that's crazy is uh, I'm I'm going to order new RAM for my PC, but I haven't ordered it in yet. This game runs really fucking well on my PC right now. Like I get no visual hangups. It loads pretty quickly. It renders quickly on the fly when I'm moving quickly. I'm just like blown away by how, how optimized this game from an indie studio is. Nice. Um, yeah, and it's it's great. And it was free, dude. I paid nothing for this game. I got 20 plus hours into this game. Wow. And I'm Damn. still enjoying it. I'm I'm taking a leisurely pace too. Like I'm not super pushing it. I haven't been to the super scary parts. Uh cuz I, I I know. <laughs> I looked I, I But uh the other thing is apparently you can speed run the game because I watched a speed run today of a former world record run where a guy um I'm going to give this away, but the the ultimate goal is to build a rocket and fly away to get off the planet that you crashed on. And uh, this guy did it in 48 minutes. Oh. I'm 20 hours in and I'm nowhere near building the platform to build the rocket to fly off and fly away. Uh, that was a fucking trip, man, to just see that all come together. You know what I mean? And like see all the little just like any speed running game, it's fascinating to see all the little tips and stuff. Some of it applies to normal, you know, playing the game normally. Some of it doesn't though. Some of it is like is it glitching through walls and shit. Like, 
there's a glitch that will uh, you build a base, you let it flood, and then it when you leave, it makes the game think that you're both walking and swimming at the same time, so you get both speeds stacked on top of each other. So they call it super sea gliding when you got the sea glide, the little motor thing you hold. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a beautiful game. It's wild. It's scary as shit. If you don't pay attention to your environment, you will get fucked up. Uh, you will jump scare at stuff like little piranhas biting you and shit because it'll just startle the shit out of you. And it's beautiful. It's an amazing game. And I talked about it for way longer than I intended to because it's just so cool. Now I kind of regret not getting it for free on my wife's laptop. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to wrap out, I think we should talk about stuff we might be looking forward to in this coming year. The thing that I, I pulled up a list of movies that are coming out just in general, for sure. Mm-hmm. Go down. But is there anything you guys that's on your radar for 2019 that you just cannot wait for? Well, the, the big thing for me is this motherfucker in the desert is hopefully going to come home. I'm and, not on my breath yet. We'll see. Uh, I, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a, a 30%. Is right. that New Mutants? Are you talking about New Mutants? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the big thing for me in 2019 is hopefully we see the return of Chris Wisdom. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he, he's, he's slated to. Uh, it's just a matter of hopefully nothing changes between then and now. And uh, the sooner we can get him home and get him back on this fucking panel and return to some semblance of normalcy and quality. Does that mean, does that mean I'm done? I put my time in. He put his time in and I had to put my timing. Do, do I, do I get to no. wait? Now you can't leave. You don't get to leave. <laughs> no, you're welcome. You're welcome to get out anytime you want. No, he's not. I keep trying, and yet I get yelled at when I don't show up, you know, exactly at 7 <laughs> o'clock. Uh, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, the animated movie, looks pretty good. <laughs> All I've seen is that stupid poster that everybody's memeing I'm kidding. On. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I, I, of course I can't wait for fucking Chris to come home. Um, the fact that he wasn't at Dragon Con last year really f- sucked. It fucked with me. It yeah. really did. I mean... I, I think I've told the story on this show, but you know, when I went down to Dragon Con 2016, uh, or 17. Yeah, 17, me and him had a wonderful moment. And, you know, I reflected on it last or yeah, last year that he wasn't here to see what he prophesized. And, uh, I'm, I really can't wait to see him again, uh, in 2019. Uh, now that I've never mind. Um, but <laughs> on other things, I mean, fuck, uh, uh, Toy Story 4, yeah, that looks great. I can't wait for that. Uh, Captain Marvel, the end of the Star Wars saga, hopefully. Spider-Man, oh, far from home as he takes a trip to Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a bunch of great films coming out. I'm excited for my Switch. I, I hope to see a lot of third-party <sighs> development. I'm not looking for Nintendo support. You know, we, we got that year one. The Indies held the Switch up this year, 2018. 2019 should be the year where people start developing third-party titles for the Switch. You know, everybody was waiting to see how the Switch was going to perform before they put time, money, and people onto Switch projects. But now that it seems like it's a viable console, I think this is the year that we start seeing big titles hit all three um, consoles and I'm going to hopefully pull a nice little prediction out of my ass. And we'll see. I'm checking a date. 
Uh, but I nope, it comes out too early. Never mind. Um, I'm gonna keep that right up in my ass since I was, <laughs> I was, I was gonna say Kingdom Hearts three on the Switch, but I just realized that comes out in three weeks. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> You're gonna predict something that was already gonna happen. No, it's not coming out. So if 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 Kingdom Hearts got delayed for another, you know couple months i could say a switch was coming out but we know that it's not going to be ready for three weeks from now uh, yeah. uh, Polly. yeah Polly. uh yeah looking forward to uh end game you know it it's time it's time to cap this uh mm. roller coaster ride of what the last 10 years have been um if I could just kill no I'm kidding uh I just I think it's really incredible what the MCU has done um the, the the shared universe that they have created and managed to interweave between now dozens of films and to see all of that effort of the first generation of characters and films come together right now climax <laughs> right now and then light up the sig yeah. <laughs> right afterwards yeah it's just it's it, and, and i'm ready i'm ready to see you know chris evans and rdj and others you know hang up their capes their shields their mantles and you know let a new generation of people come in and and start telling some new stories and i just i, I have so much faith in the russo brothers because they have never let me down up till now. They've got a new show coming on. Oh, and Infinity War was so good. I feel like Endgame's got to be incredible. So I have complete faith. Um, on a similar note, uh, well, Episode 9 comes out this year, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to see... Ah, man, it's it feels crazy that we're about to see the, the new trilogy come to a close i don't think it's a bad thing though i think i'm ready for it um i'm a little nervous though because the thing is the toxic fandom that surrounds star wars right now i i just don't i don't know if it's possible for any star wars film that comes out this year to please some to please some of these people you know what i mean no yeah i know what you mean you could do a beat for beat remake you could literally lift the template from one of the OG trilogy films right now, and people would still criticize it. They already did. Yeah, yeah, they kind of did. Yeah. So, uh, but I am excited to see what JJ does to wrap up the story. I'm excited to see what survives from eight. Um, clearly, well, not it was all a dream. Me. Luke's back. He didn't disappear. Yeah, Leia still. Well, I mean, that that's not out of the question. I mean, it it is, but it you know what I mean. Vision type of deal. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, but but. I, I want to. I want to see how much of Johnson's, you know, story that he started and the the threads he created mm. continues. I'm done with that goddamn dark force pit. She went into it, did the really cool scene yes. with her going forward and backwards, and then nothing. Then nothing. Oh, what? Yes. I want something done with that. I was looking for a more deeper touch into the star wars universe and what we got there so we'll see we'll see what happens this year billy, billy d williams is coming back though so han where's han and uh <laughs> we we might see one of the doctors show up so we'll see uh, i'm excited i'm excited uh 
Yeah, I mean that's the big thing. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna cap the two biggest franchises in entertainment right now this year. We're we're bringing sagas to a close. Yeah, it's uh it's a hell of a year, and yeah, uh, Punisher season two will come out and then get canceled. Yeah, uh, well, I'm still get, I'm still getting season two, which soaks my fires, man. Right? Oh man, like season. Uh, well, whatever. Okay. Well, see, season two was kind of a letdown. It had good moments, but it was it was rough. That the noir thing didn't do it for me, but uh, but season two of Punisher, like season one, was such a surprise. Like it was okay. so much better than anyone could have hoped for. Uh, and it wasn't just fucking you know Frank Castle raw dog fucking everybody up. <laughs> you got Phil. He got you, Phil. I got Stop you, buddy. You. Oh yeah, get me with that raw dog fucking. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't just like gratuitous like murder and violence. There was a great story there. Uh, it it told the perspective, of, you know, of what vets go through. And, and people who've seen some shit and the PTSD and everything that goes with it. Um, you know, the consequence of conflict and war, I, you know, it's, they really nailed it with season one. And I feel like season two is going to be more of that and better. And so I'm really excited to see that this year. Um, trying to think of what else there's a few things i'm not super excited about but charles how about you like what do you what do you ants for glass dude i'm a shot yeah i I know i know just it's just like transformers not everything Shyamalan does is good but i enjoy the storytelling i enjoy seeing how he sees the world but i would argue unbreakable and 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 god damn what's the other one uh fuck but thank you. I keep losing that name. They were phenomenal. And the fact that he secretly was tying these universes together and now we're getting now I'm like, I'm planning on before this comes out to sit down with my two older ones. We're going to watch Unbreakable and then we're going to watch Split and then I'm going to take them to go see Glass. I am so excited about this film. You can Skype me in for that since I've never seen either one. <sighs> Do a watch party. Uh, and then eh, just I love monsters and Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yes. Yes. Those are my two. Fucking best. 10. Yeah. It's going to be dope. That's 11, dipshit. It's fucking 11. <laughs> Come on, man. I'll give you that one. All right. Fuck you, but I'll give you that one. <laughs> uh, man, that dude that doesn't like how much we say fuck nowadays is going to be really pissed about this episode. Yeah, sorry. But, yeah. Uh, but T, you, you remind me of the Russo brothers. I've been watching the BBC America, and they, they keep running the same ads over and over. But there's that new sci-fi show. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up again, but it's about teaching assassins and it's got um, the sidekick from Dr. Strange. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm horrible with names um, as, as their mentor, fucking Henry Rollins, which I'll watch almost any goddamn thing he's in just for a split second, just to see Henry Rollins. And y'all are memeing while I'm talking. I fucking hate you. But the Russo brothers are executive producers. And I got to tell you, before I knew that, uh, the commercials looked really great. And then seeing the two main adult actors being people I like, I was excited about the Russo brothers are coming in. I will look that uh, title up right now. I also, um, surpri- I, I can't wait. Stranger Things, July 4th. Stra- Stranger Things season three is July 4th. So, Deadly Class is what it's called on sci-fi. Nice. So- Stranger Things being released, I think we've talked about that before, being released in the middle of the summer is a little odd to me because it's still kind of got that Halloween feel to it. Well, yeah, but I mean, the first season wasn't released in October. 
And you were more than welcome to wait until October to watch it. What? No, I thought it, for some reason I thought April. it was. No. Really? I watch it when it comes on. It's, it's cool. But I'm also just real quick excited for Zombieland 2. Is you that know, finally going to happen after the crybabies shit themselves? We'll see. Um, you know, oh, it, it has a date. So we'll see if it actually comes out. But I hope that they can catch, you know, that magic that they did. No. pre. Okay. No, no, just, um, you know, I feel like that's just an early an early film before, you know, cinematography and effects really have gotten to where they're at now. I think that'd be a great Netflix series, you know. Yeah. And I bet you you could probably get Woody Harrelson to reprise his role because he's he just seems like he takes whatever work he likes to do, and he seemed to enjoy doing that film from the interviews and whatnot. Zombieland 2 would be great. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't hear about shows very often until they are right up on the radar, so I don't know of any new seasons or new shows coming out. Of course, my standby until they cancel the series is going to be Supernatural. I always love every season. How there. is that show not dead yet? Because it's actually... It's, a, it's that it's gonna turn into, of total shit and complete awesomeness. It's going to turn into the Simpsons of... You know? It, of horror smut. You know, hey, well, you're talking to the the Simpsons whore right there himself. You know, so what about you, Paul? Uh, do you know of any TV or any projects that are coming out this year that you can think of? Mm, not specifically, nothing. I mean, I already talked about you know Punisher. Um, there's there's so much good TV right now, like I was saying earlier, and I'm still getting turned on to shows that I didn't know were great, like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, oh, shit, there's like lots of stuff starting. Altered Carbon should be coming back at some point with a new season. That okay. might be li- really, yeah. They felt very much like a one-off. Well, it's it's a one-off in the sense that we're not going to see the same lead. You know, the the uh, Rick Flag won't be back. Ah, um, like a lot. It it will likely be the same character, but reskin, right? Yeah, but it, yeah, but it'll be a, a new actor, a main actor playing. Uh, and th- yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if that's definitely coming this year. I should look into that. Um, but I suspect it would be, I would think, I think they've been working on it. Um, cause it was a big success for them, but yeah, no, he, uh, he's out Joel. Uh, I forget his last name. Hey, awesome. um, yep. He did a great job, but yeah, he's acknowledged that it, that was it for him his run, you know? Uh, let's not forget that game of Thrones is ending this year. Yes. Game yeah, of Thrones is okay. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, the only, okay. So here's my thing about Game of Thrones. Last season was a bit rough. Oh yeah. It had great moments, mm. but the moment they got off book, they, it got kind of B movie ish for me. Oh yeah. So they need to tighten that shit back up this season. They need to wrap this up. Good. Um, I think the potential's there though. Um, just as long as they don't like, they got to stop turning it into a theme park ride. Let it be what it is and wrap up all these story threads, bring it all together, murder literally everyone. I don't want to see a single fucking soul standing at the end of that. <laughs> I want to, if the White Walkers win, I'm down. I think there's too I, much. I could, get, I could get with that. I think. I think there's too much loose ends for that not to happen. Nah. I, I really don't I, see them. I, I, I like how this started as a joke, but now we're all like, yeah, that's probably just yeah, going to be what no, happens. It, it probably is. I mean, they have a fucking zombie dragon for shit's sakes. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I am nervous. I mean, they HBO kind of always has trouble tying shows up neatly and putting them to bed. You know, it's not like I want to. Yeah. Sorry, that was my Sopranos joke. But 
Um, <laughs> real quick before I Google, are we getting Watchmen on HBO this yeah. year? Okay, so that's why I was doing the finger for a friend of mine. She teaches with me at the EMT school. Her, we're her part time job. Her full time job is a set medic. She just did a two month stint on the Watchmen set here in Georgia, and she was telling me about some of it. And she says it's fucking bananas. Now, I don't think she's a comic book person. I don't think she even knew what the Watchmen were. So you can imagine what somebody who does not know what that is thought of the things they saw being filmed. But that is absolutely done and in the can and about to get kicked to the the airwave here this year. And something else I thought you boys would like, because I know I know Paul specifically has talked about this, uh, the uh, Watiti type. Taika, how do you say it? Taika Watiti? Yeah, Taika Watiti. You saw you saw what we do in Shadows. The American version is coming to FX yep. this year with him still at the helm. So that's gonna be interesting as well. Uh it could work. It could work. Uh Wilfred was a good uh, Australian import. They they basically they took the same guy who played the dog and brought him over and they got Elijah Wood and they did it here. Yeah. And they're, they're both good. Like the Austra- the original Australian show is hilarious. The American one is also hilarious, but a very different in many ways. Uh, so if they do something comparable, it could be fantastic. What we do in the shadows is like, it's such a secret, like cult hit. Like anybody who's seen it, it's like, yeah, 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 that. And people who haven't seen it are like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. well, you know, the, the tall, weird one from Flight of the Concords and yeah, oh, the Just director of yeah. Thor Ragnarok uh, <laughs> and a Nosferatu and, and there's there's werewolves, not swearwolves. And swearwolves? <laughs> Have you not seen what we do in the shadows? He hasn't. He hasn't. I can tell just by the way he fucking awkward laughed at that. Come on. Guys, this guy just called swearwolves to make me laugh, fucker. That's, that's the punchline. That's the punchline. <laughs> you like spaghetti? I You're now know. eating worms, Charles. You have got to watch that. You would love it. I'm, I'm sure. Mm. I get to it. Back when I used to torrent stuff, I watched this great Russian uh, series, uh, Day Watch, Night Watch, and yep. uh, mm-hmm. yeah. cool. It's on part. Amazon Prime. Streaming. Oh, that's so amazing! So. And they weren't anywhere in America at the time. I just happened to find them on torrent and said, "This sounds interesting." No, they, they amazing. No, those uh, those were here. Mm-hmm. Like it, in, uh, when the Night Watch, Day Watch movies. Yeah, they got they got uh, English dubs, and they got yeah. Or yeah. no, it was subbed. But um, Dayman was my favorite. <laughs> no, it <laughs> that, it did make an impact here, though. It got played in um, limited run theaters. Okay. Like I that. had no idea. I literally just found because I I saw I saw Night Watch, the first one in the theater, and then I saw the follow ups on yeah. streaming or Blu Ray or something like that. But I would absolutely give it. Uh, it just got. I have to remember. And you say, uh, where can we find on any streaming like Netflix or Amazon? Uh, I'm listening. Maybe you're looking up what we do. I am actually. It's on Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Prime, but it's been there for years. So, but it was also on uh, Netflix or Hulu recently because I watched it again on one of those. Okay, so so I would check those if you have those already. I do. I do. I have all three, so I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, just uh, give it a give it a spin. It's worth your time. It's it's fun. It's not super serious. It's like literally just a, a it's a little comedy treat, and it's got some great moments. And uh, yeah. Then you'll then you'll laugh the next time I make the excellent werewolves, not swearwolves joke. Okay. Well, I laughed, but only because he said swearwolves and it tickled me. 
Well, I mean, when Reese Darby says it, you it'll tickle you again. He's so funny. Bad meeting. That dude is Bad so fucked up. Awesome. Brit. Brit. Anyway, Brit. I Brit. just hope. I just hope it's not that fucking. Uh, God, I, I hated it so much. I blacked it out of the title. But there was an English show where a werewolf, a vampire, being human. That's it. And the, the English version was okay, but it's very mopey and and yeah. The American version just fucking made me want to vomit. So I could I couldn't. The American I, I version had its moments, version, but yeah. Uh, any game, anything besides Nintendo on your radars? Sea of Solitude. Um, it's a indie game coming out by uh, there. Isn't that the one with the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker, and then getting the? No, no, that's the good. No, that's a different game. But Sea of Solitude is a. It's the first game that Jomi Games is coming out with. It's a division of EA, and it deals with depression and um, nice. and and anxiety, as you are this this girl sailing through this strange world, and you have to deal with your own demons. They premiered it at E3 this year during um, the Xbox Live part and that was the only part that i actually uh part of their show that i cared about it just looks good it looks different so i'm looking forward to that uh paul i don't know if uh if uh the metal gear solid incubator baby game is coming out this year do you (laughs) i don't know the 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 last postman who delivers fetuses um (laughs) and also is a walking dead castmate so i can't my, remember the name but my uh death stranding there you go thank you my favorite meme about that game is it takes the clip of the trailer where he's walking across the ravine on the ladder and it says this is an accurate representation of any character's inventory in an rpg <laughs> 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 it's so true though uh but yeah no i don't know if that's coming out dude i that's probably a game i'm not necessarily gonna buy oh no I'm no no absolutely gonna watch somebody on stream twitch it, yeah, oh yeah, yeah completely yeah i'm not they're not getting a penny out of me for that yeah fuck you kojima seriously that game is gonna fail financially because it's literally just gonna sell the people who are gonna stream it yeah and then they're gonna stream it and everybody's gonna be like all right i'm good you good you good yeah we good we're all, yeah we're all good so, but check out the trailer for sea of solitude it's it's weird and I, I i i love the idea of it because every time and there's not been very many maybe five maybe a few more than that but every time i read an article hear about a game that comes out that is supposed to let you as a i mean they don't use these words i don't know another word but as somebody who's not affected that's the word as somebody who's not affected by ptsd or depression or whatever and they make a game that's to allow you to help help you experience it a little bit in game form so you understand better what people are going through. I think those are just amazing things that you can only do in, in gaming. I mean, you can't get that kind of submersion in a movie or TV show yeah. or book. You know, it's you, it, you can watch Jennifer Aniston. I heard great things about her, her movie where she had anxiety and all kind of messed up in this. Um, you can watch it all day long, but to play it and to experience it in your own brain as yourself, that's a whole different thing. I'm looking, I, I'd love to see stuff like that succeed more and, and be good. And that's apparently that's what Celeste is all about is dealing with anxiety and the main character has anxiety, but you know, I'll report on that when, when I actually get to play it. Cool. Um, I was looking at borderlands three and mm. all we have is, is news is kind of coming out Take two is has been talking about a little bit. Two K has been talking about a little bit. Um, Gearbox has been talking about a little bit, but we don't have any kind of solid 
release dates or definitive. We're working on this right now news on Borderlands 3, but I, I think I can hold my breath more on that than I could on uh, Half-Life 3. Well, what if it just falls into the curse of the three? Huh? And, you know, I'm still loving two all along, and we've got Borderlands the pre-sequel that we can play through that we've never played, so yeah. there's that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I love being... See, games are easy for me because you want to talk about why I don't watch trailers. You love that surprise of all of a sudden there's this movie that's what games are for me because I don't subscribe to any magazines anymore. I don't want read the blogs or watch the, the press on it. So all of a sudden something like Spider-Man shows up when I'm at a bar hosting karaoke and I see, look up on the screen all of a sudden, what the fuck is that gorgeous shit? You know, I get to have that in games. So I'm looking forward to the good surprises that we may have coming in 2019. And the fact that uh, giant size team up is growing bigger, better, better, more every fucking year that we're at this and we've been doing more good stuff this year. And we've got lots of great things in the idea stages for 2019 that we're, we're ramping up and trying to do. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you, the listeners, on what you are looking forward to 2019, what your favorite game, movie, TV, book was in 2018. And I promise you on this one, Paul, we won't tell them they're wrong because that is their opinion of what they're looking for. So if you write it, it tell us what you loved and hated and what you're looking for. subjective stance is objectively wrong. <laughs> I think I told Agent Fleming that he was completely wrong this year. I don't know why, but I feel like I stand behind it still. <laughs> Thank you, Fleming. So, yeah, if you got your stuff, uh, you got what you want to put in, send it in. We'd love to hear it. That is BTP at GiantSizeTeamUp.com. But, Philip, where can they find you? Are we done? We haven't even hit the politics of 2018. What? What? No. That's the Patreon. Damn, damn. Whoa. Let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'll say that Dark Phoenix is going to be the sleeper movie of 2019. You can follow me everywhere at Imaginary Nomad, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch. We'll see. I'm going to start doing test runs on my Twitch channel where Phil twitches the switch. Uh, so check that out. Also, uh, you can catch BTP live plus a Dennis Robinson every Sunday night over at FTH beyond uh, with uh, our, our local hype man. Kurt will be there as well uh, where we get too drunk on the internets and play borderlands um, till odd hours in the night until I have to drunkenly text my boss to tell him I am too drunk to be on stream and let's end this shit like I did last time. Paul, where can people find you? So when you say the sleeper film, you, you mean literally people falling asleep in it, right? Like, 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 hold on. So you're saying more than people, I'm, I'm not going to be the only person that goes and sees that. Cause what you're saying and implying is that people are going to go and see it and then fall asleep. I figured that I would just be the only one in the theater watching the greatest movie of 2019. Oh, you're such a sad man. See, I totally thought you meant being the sleeper film that the producers were just going to go to sleep and it's never going to come out. Dude, that's that's kind of you're talking I'm, about New Mutants, right? That too, which God damn, that actually looked like a good fucking film, and they're just throwing that in the bin. Anyways, uh, you can find me at Soapbox GSTU on Twitter. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, but don't. And uh, you can always message me and contact me through any of our social media links uh, for the show or the network. And 
possibly also on Twitch soon because Phil and I both bought the same thing at the same time. And uh, it's going to potentially allow us both to stream console directly onto Twitch. <sighs> and uh, yeah, it, it could be it could be super fun. So uh, hopefully that'll uh, that'll all work out. And you can find me at Rock Out a Pod all across the internet. We actually do have a Twitter feed for the show. It is Panel Breakers at Panel Breakers. If you'd like to send us news or comments or anything like that, I do check that. And we post from time to time. It's really for you to send the stuff if you're on Twitter. Facebook is at Breaking the Panel. Well, not at. That's a Twitter thing. But slash Breaking the Panel. And like you said, I'm on with Kurt Thursday nights at seven. No, at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on FTH Beyond on Twitch. And we do uh, Marvel Strike Force. And we do our lanes, which you two fucks have bailed out on. You're, you're no longer lane runners. Oh, people are still doing that? Yeah, man. We're running strong. We're actually growing. It's, it's doing well. Mm-hmm. Game's coming back up. It's doing good. Yeah. We got Magneto. and mm-hmm. No, put your arm down. Don't do that. Going up. Especially when you're uh, talking about Magneto. Uh, Don't, do uh, that. Uh, Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, we can almost count down the days until Chris Wisdom returns. So until then, enjoy the quality content while you can. Thank you, Ditko. Thank you, Lee. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. Giant Size Team Up.